Welcome back to the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's word. We also have a website and storefront with prayer journals, courses, Bible studies, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we are going to be talking about finding, keeping, and loving our friends. You know, as we get older and life gets busier, we find ourselves spending less time in the company of good friends. And organic friendships become nearly impossible with just all of our obligations constantly pulling us in different directions. Well, our guest today, Bailey Hurley, author of the book, Together is a Beautiful Place, will be helping us learn why women find it so challenging to make and maintain genuine friendships and how to overcome those challenges. I am just so excited about this topic, but first, a word from our sponsor. You already know that we at Coffee and Bible Times strive to help people delight in God's Word. That's why we love Alabaster and their inspiring Bibles. In addition to the visually appealing design, these Bibles are an engaging way to delve deep into God's Word. You can purchase books of the Bible individually or in bundles. Either way, your faith is sure to flourish. Alabaster Company has perfectly designed an intersection of creativity, beauty, and faith in each and every book. Use our promo code CBTPROMO or find our link below to get 10% off your order and let's experience God's beauty together. Bailey T. Hurley is everyone's favorite community cheerleader. She encourages women to pursue a faithful relationship with God so they can build fruitful friendships in their corner of the world. She has written on the topic of friendship and faith for publications like She Reads Truth, Salvation Army's Peer Magazine, and Grit and Virtue. She also loves podcasts. You can find her chatting all about friendship on dozens of podcasts frequently. Please welcome Bailey. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited to be spending time with your community. Oh, I am just so delighted, Bailey, that, that we learned about your book because this topic is just so sensitive and so needed. I think even more so coming out of COVID, um, it, it's finding and maintaining friendships can be so hard. Um, and in some cases, painful or challenging. Mm-hmm. Some people make it look so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so many cases and I I'll be the first to admit it's an area I definitely have struggled with throughout my mm-hmm. life so well let's just start out so your book together is a beautiful place what is your hope and why and who did you write this book for yes so what I have loved about together is a beautiful place is that it can meet anyone wherever they are in friendship right now So it was written for someone who maybe is a college graduate and they are moving to a new place for the first time and having to make new friends. Um, It's it's a huge transition. It's a huge um, moment of saying, okay, how do I do this out of the context of school when I'm working and I have new roommates or no roommates for the first time. It's just a big transition. And I think the book speaks to a lot of that becoming a mom for the first time. What does it look like when things change in your schedule and the ability to meet friends on the go or just spontaneously, it becomes a limitation. It's hard. Or maybe it's for someone who has had a tight community for years and years and years, but they're just tired maybe they're tired of being the one that always reaches out and they feel like their friends don't reciprocate the same attention and care that they tend to the friendships. 
or it's for someone who's just had a really bad friendship breakup and it might be the first one or the fifth one. And they're starting to think I am in an unhealthy pattern. Something is not right. Why does this keep happening to me? Or for someone like me who has had my first few friendship breakups as an adult of what is happening? Like, why did this happen? I'm hurting. I have negative shame, you know, cycles going through my head, all sorts of things. So this book is truly for someone who feels like they are a friendship expert to someone who is having to navigate friendship for the very first time. Absolutely. And it truly can cover any age age range at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm even thinking of like, when your kids are gone and out of the house, then all of a sudden, I mean, you've invested all these years into all their activities and things. And then all of a sudden, here you are wondering. So definitely all ages and stages here covered Mm -hmm. in your book. Well, what sets your book apart from other books about friendship? And how does the Christian faith specifically call us to pursue authentic friendship? Yes, I. one of my uh, goals in Writing Together is a Beautiful Place is there are definitely beautiful books about friendship out there and especially Christian ones. And I think that I felt like there was the same things being repeated, not in a bad way. We have to be reminded multiple times before it can really hit home. Um, but I felt like a lot of it was more entrenched in maybe the theology of friendship. Why is it important? What, um, you know, why would you pursue community or being community? And at the time that the book is coming out, you're right. We're just coming out of um, COVID and being maybe more isolated or, you know, keeping safe in our homes. Um, And so my goal was to create a book that was less focused on why you need friendship, because I think everyone realized I really need friends. I really need my community, but more of how am I going to kind of receive these things that I feel like scripture is telling me about friendship? Not just that we should, you know, it's important to bear each other's burdens. It's important to celebrate. It's important to spend time together, but how are you actually making it a priority to go out and do that? Um, I joke sometimes that I wanted the book to feel like Pinterest in a way, like you come to Pinterest for inspiration, you take what you want from the different photos, and then you go and you try the barbecue party, or you try the DIY craft for something, or, you know, all those different things that come from Pinterest. And I wanted the friendship book to feel like that. You're coming to get what you need, take the bits and pieces that make sense for you and your season. But then I wanted women to be able to go out and immediately try and put into practice the things that they were learning um, versus being like, okay, well, I'm glad I read this book about like why friendship is important to me. I know that I know it. I want to be able to do it. And so I feel like the book is very much focused on doing versus maybe sitting in the being part. And I think my hope was that women who are picking up the book are already doing the being part in the heart work. Um, your second question was a little bit about maybe more of how our faith applies to pursuing friendship and being a good friend. And I think it always comes back to the idea that you have to know who you are in the Lord to be a good friend and be in healthy friendship. Otherwise you're going to be coming to community, just almost like thirsty and needy for them to provide everything you're needing. Um, and you're just always going to be disappointed because they just like, people are not going to do that. Um, because I think in community, you will realize more often than not that it is a lot more about, um, how would I say maybe like forgiveness? I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not going to meet all your needs. I'm so sorry. I'm going to disappoint you. I'm so sorry. I won't meet your expectations every moment of every day because I can't read your mind and I don't know where your heart is. And we're all imperfect and failing and having moods on different days and all the above. And that is where our relationship with the Lord comes in. And it is so important to tend to that first friendship. Um, one of my favorite quotes is from Henry Nowen, and he writes in his book called community. He says that friendship is not 
like neediness calling to neediness, being like, I'm so lonely. You're so lonely. Let's build a friendship. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's not a good place to start, but community and friendship is really saying like, I am loved by God. You are loved by God. Let's build a home together. And that solitude grabbing onto solitude versus loneliness grabbing onto loneliness, that is where friendship can really take off and be fruitful and life-giving and wonderful. So it comes down to, are you loved by, do you know that you're loved by God? Um, And I think walking into friendship with that narrative playing in your mind will set you on a course for all the ups and downs of what friendship really looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it sort of gives you a sense of freedom. Like when you are coming into, you know, a relationship, we all have this hole in our heart, right? That we, Mm -hmm. that only God can fill. And if we, we let God do that part and we don't put that burden on our friends, that sort of frees us up to really invest in the friendship in, in other ways that aren't, like you described, very needy. Um, I think of the same way I remember early on, even with my husband thinking, oh, he's going to fulfill all of my needs and wants and desires. Um, and, and it's the same thing. Only God can fill that hole in your heart first. And, mm-hmm. I, and I love just the approach that you take to giving really practical advice. Because as you said, like, there are so many great books on on why we need friends. And but a lot of us just need some tips. Okay, give me some <laughs> tips, right? We're because yes. we're kind of we're struggling here. So just yes. give me a few tips. So I love your Pinterest tip idea. Uh, <laughs> speaking from your experience as a coach, mm-hmm. why do women often often find it just so challenging to make and maintain long lasting, genuine friendships into adulthood. And and how does your book aim to help women overcome these challenges? Yes, I just off the top of my head, because I think there's a few things, but I think two that are really important. The first one is prioritizing friendship, because you'll always prioritize what's important to you. We're all busy. Um, but if you want to get your workout in, like you're going to find time to make it work. You're going to ask your husband to watch the kids. You're going to wake up early before you go to work, or you're going to stay up late to make sure you get in that gym class, or maybe it's a hobby, or maybe it, it is work itself, making that time for it. So if you truly, truly want to be a friend and you want deep friendships, prioritize them. I always say, find the time, keep the time, and then make it sacred. You know, make sure that friendship is something that you're really, you know, I'd say carving out space for, um, because time is very important to uh, building those relationships and that trust to get to the good stuff. But here's the other thing. And I know it sounds silly because the topic of vulnerability has been around for many, many years. We know it's important, but it is I think growing those deeper friendships, you know, the maintaining portion of a friendship is being vulnerable. Um, There are some studies done at the University of Kansas. And of course, man, I know this man's name and it is escaping me today. Um, He researched, you know, how do we, how many hours does it take to make a friend and what makes a friendship really deep? And he noted that it isn't just about spending time together, but it is about sharing the meaningful things when you are together. I love this analogy because it really helped me think about this in a clear sense, because you might have a cousin and let's say you've known them your whole life, obviously family, and you've spent holidays together. You share childhood birthdays together. You have maybe a lot of built in time together, or perhaps um, a coworker, someone you work with, you know, 40 hours a week, But if something is going wrong in your life or you're having a tough time with something or a faith crisis or question, you're probably not going to call your cousin and you're not going to call your coworker. So it's not just about the shared time, but it's about sharing the meaningful things with the time you have. So that's why you can have a friend that maybe you met three months ago, feel closer to you than a friendship you've had for 20 years. 
Um, it's just because you chose to share meaningful things with that person. So it comes twofold making those friends. It's like, yes, I got to prioritize the time. I got to put in the investment in the friendship bank. But then the second piece is, okay, so you're busy. Well then make that time really meaningful. Ask the deeper, hard questions to get to the meat of things so that when you do find those pockets of time to build a friendship, um, maintaining it, you aren't wasting it away, um, with those surface level things and instead really valuing. And I guess you could say putting priority again on, I want to really ask the tough questions because I want to know this person and I want them to know me. Um, I really like, uh, wow. I'm all my people's names are escaping me today. Um, okay. I can't think of it, but great author. And he'll probably come to me later. Um, he wrote instruments in the redeemer's hands. Have you read that book? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, if you take it from there, but one of the beautiful things he talked about in being an instrument in the friend, the, in your friends' lives is that to love people, you have to truly, truly know them. If you don't know what's going on with them, you can't love them. Um, even if you think you are close friends. Um, it really comes down to knowing them just like the Lord knows you, his love is perfect. And it is the best because it is so intimate and there are, there's nothing hidden from him about you. Um, and in a small fragment shadow of a way, our friendship should really reflect that kind of love. And that means being known, being seen, and then making the time to know and see the person you're sitting across from. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our in-depth Bible study academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Absolutely. I love what you said about prioritizing friendships because and and it's about being intentional right like Mm -hmm. they're not just necessarily going to come to you and if someone always is just coming to you then they're probably gonna get a little burnout (laughs) um but i think it's it is a great investment and i one tip just that um i've had with even with some friends that have moved away, but I, mm-hmm. I wanted to maintain the friendships is just mm-hmm. saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to meet once every fall or once every spring. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, we, we, we set the time people make a commitment to being there and that's kind of just our sacred time, right? So yes. that we can uh, maintain the friendships that, that we once started mm-hmm. I was thinking too, just about the vulnerability aspect and when it's, it's truly by becoming vulnerable, that's when the friendship just grows deeper and you realize that everybody is broken, Mm -hmm. that we we can receive encouragement um, and love from one another when we do that. Otherwise we're just hiding it. And that really is, is is no help we still have our coupon code available for you guys if you wanted to do online counseling um, with christian counselors it's all online it's via zoom you can pick who you want your counselor to be very reputable they all have counseling degrees so this isn't like some random on the internet and my mom kind of has a personal testimony to it Yes, so I actually have done some counseling sessions with Faithful Counseling, and what I really loved about it was that 
you can actually put in like different qualities that you're looking for in a counselor in specialties, male, female, if they have experience tackling different issues. And so I really loved that idea that I could go through and kind of pick the one I wanted. And then um, during this COVID season, it was really applicable anyway, since I couldn't leave my house for counseling, that I actually could just do it online. And you even have the opportunity to do a Zoom type call with them, or you can just do um, a phone call, whatever works best for you. And so it was just really great to have access to counseling when you, when you need it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you guys want 10% off your first month of doing this, you can go to getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time, and you get 10% off your first month. And of course it is cheaper than traditional in-person counseling anyway. So overall, it's just a good deal. We really recommend it, but let's just get on to the podcast. Oh, Well, one other thing, too, is that you have the option of with your counselor that they are Christian counselors. And so if you want, they will actually pray for you, which I thought was so cool. At the end of each of my counseling, she prayed for me and my issues. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to talk about um, some of the lies or false expectations that women often have about friendships. And one example you have is the necessity of having one best friend. Mm. Tell us about that. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I think that I, I don't know. I want to just blame television. Like that's, I think I'm just going to go back to blaming television and just assuming that everyone is friends all the time and they're always available and there's never moments of loneliness when that is just not true. And not everyone has to be your best friend. And so I think expectations that can really hurt people is assuming that they need to have more than one friend that, you know, if they only find one good friend, they're still failing, um, at community or friendship, um, which is just not true. And I also think (laughs) there is a boundary crossed as well. When you assume everyone is your, is your best friend. Um, you can't, maintain 20 best friends. And so I think as time goes on, as women's friendship groups start to dwindle in size, again, I think they hold on to the old ways of maybe friendship in second grade or fifth grade, or even, you know, college. And they just assume I am failing. I, these friends are not good enough. Uh, the people in my life, like there should be more, I should always be expecting more. Um, and when really you have beautiful people in your life, whether it's one or two or five, um, that are making your life so much sweeter. And I think when you can really be content and enjoy and kind of see the goodness that comes from what the Lord has provided in a friend, then all of those different expectations for being surrounded by 20 million friends, uh, can be put to rest. Um, and I think give you a healthier place of, again, approaching friendship in adulthood. Absolutely. And I think comparison is really Mm. what gets us caught in that trap (laughs) because I remember thinking too, like, what is wrong with me? Uh, you, You, and you also make generalizations like what's wrong with me? Everybody has a one best friend. Mm -hmm. or maybe it's the other way it's like everybody has 10 friends what's wrong with me I don't so it's really important not to compare yourself Mm -hmm. and I I also think too of of Jesus's example where he had you know many followers Mm -hmm. but he had just 12 disciples Mm -hmm. and then he also had his very close disciple friends mm-hmm. so he also is just such a great role model to look up to for friendships <laughs> yes well I want to talk about young moms so mm-hmm. what are some specific challenges young mothers encounter when it comes to friendships yes you know this comes from my own personal experience but i believe that there's a lot of assumptions that get built in when you become a mom. Um, For me, it was my friends 
assuming that, man, she has kids now. So she's too busy. I probably shouldn't bother her, reach out to do things. It's probably really hard for her. When I was on the other end thinking, I'm so lonely. All I want is for my friends to reach out and to send a message or ask to come over. Um, and so I think that there's assumptions on that. And, and then for the young moms to think, well, no one wants to spend time with me and my baby. We're so boring. I, if I ask my friends, like they're just going to feel guilted into spending time with me. And so I think there's a lot of things going on in our heads that are not actually true when I think young moms especially need that, um, you know, care and reaching out, um, reminders and things like that. So for young moms, I mean, it's so challenging. It's a big shift in having to work your schedule now around someone else's schedule. And I think it's just learning to become flexible. So I've really had to have talk conversations with my friends, which I think would be my little practical tip or advice for young moms is to have conversations with your friends and either say, Hey, I feel like you guys have kind of stopped reaching out. And if you just, you know, made plans two days in advance, instead of two hours in advance, like I can be there, I can make something work in my schedule to, to be available or just say, Hey, keep texting me. I might say no, like, you know, 70% of the time, but please just like, keep keeping me, keep me in the group text because sometimes I will be able to say yes. And I'd rather, you know, be a part of that experience than be a part of none. Um, and just be kind of at home lonely. So I think there's ways that you can, I think, express how you're feeling, especially with your friends who be, might be like, well, she's just, she probably doesn't even need us anymore. <laughs> um, when, you know, you're just trying to understand your new season and they're trying to, to navigate, uh, how your dynamic um, with your friendships when things have changed. Absolutely. And I think I would just encourage young moms to, to um, find other young moms as well that maybe you share the same life stage with. I worked for about six years before I became a stay-at-home mom. And one of the biggest challenges for me was when I left corporate America, I realized I have no stay-at-home friend moms. It was really lonely. And mm -hmm. one of the best things that I ever did was at our church, we have a mom's group, which stands for making our mothering significant. And we, we did one of two kinds of books together, which was either a book on how to be a godly mom and wife and, <laughs> and then also or uh, some type of a Bible study and just doing life together once a week and discussing those things with other moms um, was just such an encouragement to mm. me. So I would encourage to, if there's any ladies listening, um, maybe reach out to your local church and see what kind of moms yes. groups are available. Well, um, let's shift gears for a little bit. Uh, what happens when friendships <laughs> kind of go bad? And <laughs> how can you share some advice with us on how to handle friendship breakups? Oh, that's making me cringe just thinking about it. It's hard. I know it's so hard, um, but better to be prepared than be surprised when it happens. Um, I mean, if you're in the midst of it, I would say do your absolute best to talk in person or at least a phone call. Don't let too much time go by. I like, I always say that silence is a real friendship killer. The more time that goes by where you're not talking about whatever the issue is, like it just coming back around to it. There's now like multiple narratives built into whatever a small issue was. Um, I have a friend who's so good about bringing anything up when she thinks there's any tension. I appreciate her boldness because she kind of nips in the bud, the ability for yeah, things to just escalate. And so that's always, I think always a great piece of advice is to just try to communicate as quickly as possible. And even after you've communicated and just recognize that you both have now discussed that there is an issue. And if you need time, 
just like a good old fashioned marriage advice, like put a date and time on it. Say, you know, we've talked, let's cool down. Let's talk again on Thursday at 4 PM. You know, we're going to talk at this time. I will call you. And so there isn't again, this kind of never ending vague. Well, okay. I guess we'll talk eventually in the future at some point and you never get around to it. I think for those of you who have already kind of the door has been shut, they won't, they won't talk to you. Um, or they've said goodbye. I don't want you in my life anymore, wherever that might be. Um, if you're in the kind of that side of the friendship breakup, I would say find a safe person to speak with and ask them to kind of speak truth over the situation. It's so hard to be in our emotions and be in the middle of the conflict and honestly, just be in a dark place. Um, so I think having a safe friend to say, Hey, I'm starting to feel this way about myself again, or, you know, I'm really struggling with this thing I said, and I can't let it go. And it's eating me up inside. Like, I just need you to pray for me. I need to process this. I need to just have someone to read scripture over me. Like I am just kind of in a bad, bad place and I cannot get out because I feel like friendship breakups often, you know, I feel like the enemy can use them to believe things about ourselves that probably aren't true. Um, but we keep them to ourselves because we're embarrassed about the friendship breakup. We're shamed about something that we said. And so that's why I'm always like, find a safe person to kind of bring it to light and share with so that as you're going through the ups and downs of like having a good day or saying, I couldn't sleep last night. I was crying because I just can't move past the hurtful things she said to me, um, having a place to, or a person to go, I think is just a great way to kind of heal from that experience as well as opening your Bible and saying, okay, Lord, let me read everything that is true about me. So that when I start to think these things that she said about me, I can remind myself that this is really what's true um, and what's lasting versus the things that maybe she said out of yeah, hurt, spite, sin, like so many different things. Yes, Bailey, that's such great advice. Just, you know, keeping the, the lines of communication open where you can and um, communicating what, what you're, you're feeling, helping them help you understand mm-hmm. why it is that they're um, feeling the, the way that they are. But those, those definitely are tough situations to navigate. Uh, they're so hard sure. and they're so yucky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'd like to talk about one of your tips for share with us, maybe your top tip for having great friends as an adult. I think a top tip is to be intentional, to set as many reminders as you need, even reminders to say, text this person that you really liked that book that they recommended or put in birthdays or work anniversaries or doctor's appointments. So saying, Hey, I remembered you had a doctor appointment this morning, praying for you. I'll check in later to make sure everything is good. Um, so I think finding again, what does intentionality mean to you? And even asking your friends, Hey, what would it look like for me to be intentional with our friendship? What it's kind of that like love language question again, like what makes you feel loved? What makes you feel like I'm being thoughtful with you and our friendship. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in reminders. I honestly have to, to do everything. I'm like, remember to like any, any possible thing you can imagine, even silly things, because I can't remember anything, uh, because life is crazy. Right. And so taking those steps to be intentional, um, to remember what someone else is, what's going on in their life and then reaching out. And kind of, I would say, you know, that phrase like showing up and I think a lot of times people assume that's like physically showing up, which it can be, but I think as adults showing up is the check-ins and the reminders and the FaceTimes and the birthday gifts and the mail and a gift card, because you know, they've had a really bad day. You saw it on Instagram that they are just like, man, everything is going downhill today. And you just say, Hey, here is a little coffee you know, $5 for coffee. And I just want you to know that like, I love you and you got this and I'm here. I'm here if you want to talk. So I think those for like, for adults, that's kind of what, you know, showing up looks like 
because we do, we, cause there's so many things going on. We can't always physically walk over to a friend's dorm and, you know, go have lunch in the cafeteria that we all share with the other 100 people. Um, so finding what works for you, um, with your limitations, but being thoughtful about it. Absolutely. Being, being intentional is just so critical. And I love to your, your suggestion about finding out their love language, because you're (laughs) going to, you're going to pack a much more powerful punch when you know that, uh, their love language, let's say is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't need to go out and buy a gift for them just a really super sweet text message or a card in the mail sharing Mm -hmm. some some words that lift them up can mean so so much and and it really is it really doesn't take that much i know it doesn't right it doesn't it doesn't intentional oh (laughs) yes okay well how about what are some healthy what you refer to as friendship rhythms that women can start practicing now Mm -hmm. to invite better friendships into their lives? Yeah, I would say let's do something fun. Um, You know, I would say plan something monthly with a group of friends, with another couple, another family, and kind of invite them and say, hey, for three to six months, let's do dinner every first Friday of the month, or let's do a book club. Let's listen to this podcast and let's have like a little podcast conversation in the book. I talk about podcast pizza parties, um, because it is very low cost and extremely easy. And everyone has access to listen to a podcast and there's no like read this 300 page book or let's, you know, plan this really complicated get together, but truly you're like, Hey, this sounds really interesting, or I just listened to this and I have a lot to process. Well, let's like, can we all listen to it? And like, then let's have pizza and talk about it. And it is really like, when we say rhythms, it is doing things over and over and over again. And that is, I think a beautiful thing about community and friendship is those kind of built in almost like, wow, that was so fun that we did this for three months. Like let's just keep it going. And you know what? Seasons change. People's schedules change time to think creatively and come up with another idea. Um, I think a lot of times when we like hit those roadblocks or it's like, man, now no one's showing up anymore. Everyone's kind of like, can't find a sitter or they're busy again. Just being, instead of kind of throwing your hands up in the air and being like, well, that was fun for a while. I guess it's not going to happen again. Then think of something new, like, okay, well now let's do football on Sundays. We're going to do that as our new thing, or let's do coffee after school drop-off. Um, that can be our time for a couple of weeks. So I guess when it comes to like creating a rhythm right now, it's interesting because it truly is, it's up to you. You can be creative. You can go back to that Pinterest board. What is it that you love? And that gives you life. It doesn't feel like work. Um, it fits into your schedule automatically, you know, automatically, but I think that second tip is then don't get discouraged when it changes because it will. And so you don't have to try to fit old patterns into new schedules. You can just, I think, stay fresh and tell yourself, okay, time to come up with something new and different. Um, I also mentioned cake day in the book, which is something we've done with our community for years, which we would do on the first of every month. So that was very easy to remember. And we would invite anyone, neighbors, coworkers, people from church, friends, um, kids, adults, and we would eat cake. That really was the bigger cake and you'd eat it together. And it was just an hour or two spent together, but it was that rhythm of like, okay, we know cake day is happening at the Hurley house on the first of this month. So let's go. Um, and so I think for you, if it's a spaghetti dinner or it's a movie night, or it's, I don't know, a football game in the park, something that's like every month, this is kind of what we do. People know where to find us. People know they're invited always, and we're going to keep that available and open for our community. Those are such great suggestions. And I think the most powerful thing you said there is just being realistic and it's okay. Like not putting pressure on yourself that if you've done this for a while and you're, 
you need to change things up, that's okay. Mm-hmm. One of the fun things that we had done, and again, it was kind of like a for a while experience was um, we had this group and we call called ourselves kind of like the gourmet group, but it was really kind of <laughs> ironic because there was, you know, it wasn't about making a gourmet meal, but it was just fun to call it that. But each one we tailored like around a different um, ethnic type of food. So it was like Italian night we had. And, <laughs> and so it was just fun where everybody just brought a dish to, to share. And it was just mm-hmm. a lot of fun. But again, it was just something that was during a certain season and mm-hmm. we enjoyed it while it lasted. And it was uh, just fun to spend that time together. Yeah. Well, what are some good ways to navigate friendships across differing life stages? Yeah, I think uh, when we started talking about young moms, we got into the conversation of communicating your expectations, but that's number one, that is exactly what's going to save and or salvage friendships in different seasons. And I think at least this, how I'm taking the question is as like, and I'll just say from my experience, I got married really young. I had kids really young. And so for the the last seven years, a lot of my friends have been single. Um, maybe they've just gotten married. Um, you know, it was, I felt like my season had become so drastically different in such a short amount of time. So it was this navigating of, okay, wow, you're a mom with three kids. And like, I'm single, I'm still single. Like what, what is happening and what does that look like for our friendship and how do we relate still? And how do we not get the comparison game for both of us? You know, how do we not say, man, I wish I was felt carefree and, and have my own schedule and could do whatever I want. Or man, I wish I was, wish I was married, wish I was starting my family. Um, and so I think it comes back to communicating expectations as things change. Um, so whether it's someone who you loved at your work, but they got a new job. So things are just different coming and saying, what does our friendship look like right now? Where would you like to see our friendship grow in the next two years? What does friendship mean to you? I think asking some of these clarifying questions will give you jumping off points to have more specific conversations about your friendship. So I guess I would say again, another piece of advice is yes, ask the questions. Hey, what does friendship look like for you? Where do you like your friendships to be right now? What would be a great avenue or context for us to continue our friendship? Um, And instead of, again, just kind of allowing things to peter out or believing that nature will take its course, it kind of goes back to that, like friendship is not organic anymore. So believing that it will be, or, you know, yeah, we'll just, we'll find time for each other. You won't, (laughs) you just won't. So really coming together and having those conversations again, regularly, it's okay to have check-ins just like annual goals. It's okay to say, okay, this worked well. I feel like I really missed when we did this together. So would you be able to, you know, go on walks again? Or do you think we could watch our favorite show? It's coming back. Um, so different things like that, but communicate, 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 um, it's the foundation for good, healthy relationships. Yes. You really can't overemphasize that enough. And honestly, I think there's just such value in treasuring relationships with people who are at different stages of life Mm. than you are. Mm -hmm. I know I have some friends that are 10 years older than I am, and I Mm -hmm. treasure them for their wisdom. I have some friends that are young moms. And it's fun for me just to remember and see what it was like, you know, to have a baby or a little toddler. So it, it you can find joy too in, in Absolutely. celebrating your different stages of life. Yes. Well, how about for you personally? How have you mm-hmm. seen the concepts that you write about play out in your own life? Yes. You know, just recently we've been in a season where we're having to make new community and friends. And it's so funny because I feel like I'm now in the seat of my clients when I'm coaching because I'm the one that's 
resistant and I'm thinking, I don't want to do the work. <laughs> I don't want to have to put myself back out there again. I, I'm just as scared and anxious and, you know, like I, I want people to reciprocate and, um, you know, know me for me. So it's, it's all those things. So I feel like we are in a season of having to do those things. And so every now and then my husband will be like, Hey, this is kind of what you, this is what you say works. So let's do it. And let's be really consistent with people. Let's, you know, kind of, kind of pinpoint five new families. We'd love to get to know better or, you know, different people. And let's really make sure we pursue time with them. So I think that those are kind of the biggest principles right now that have been important for me. And I get tired. (laughs) I want to cancel plans last minute. I want to back out. I want to make life easier and just stay home. And I never regret spending time with people or making the extra effort to get my family out the door to do something fun. And that's kind of where I'm having to sit, sit with my own reminders of it's worth it. It's good to be together. And I also think just bringing kind of that, those feelings of, oh, I'm just going to be so tired afterward, or what if they think I'm weird? Or what if I don't like them and all the above and just saying, Lord, like nothing is no time spent with other people will be for nothing. And who knows like what could come from a friendship that is unexpected or new or different than what you thought. So I think just really trusting the Lord to, um, with, with where he has us and the people he's, I talk a lot about people who are put in your path. Um, God never makes mistakes. He really doesn't. So, um, whether it's a new person in your Bible study group, or you have joined a new school and there's new moms to meet, I I just don't think there's accidents and God definitely has people waiting for you. And he's got people waiting for me too. He sure does. I concur with that a hundred percent. I think it's important that if you have a fear of rejection, which I know I personally do, like I think that was something that was really tripping me up initially in expanding friendships was just a fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to shift my my mindset to the biblical principle of, you know, is your fear of man greater than your fear of God? Mm-hmm. And trusting that like you said, God has put these people into your life for a reason. And also thinking head on, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? (laughs) You know, if I, (laughs) if I invite this person out for coffee and they say, no, I don't want to, it's like, okay. I mean, you'll just move on. So um, overcoming the fear of rejection, Mm -hmm. I would just encourage you to, if you're afraid like that, that's okay. That's very normal, Mm -hmm. Uh, but try to uh, maybe read some Psalms too about (laughs) just um, recognizing that our fear of God is is truly what's much more important than fear of man. Well, Mm -hmm. in wrapping things up here, Bailey, what is one lesson or message that you really hope will resonate with most of your readers after they've finished the book? Yes, I hope they feel like they can do it. That all the different fears or insecurities or lies or unexpectations um, are kind of put to rest and that they feel like I can actually do this. I truly believe that the Lord has called me into friendship and I have everything that I need to move forward in that. And so I think I want women to feel really confident. Um and feel like they have a game plan. I'm a very like goal planner, <laughs> but I want women to feel like I, I have that. I, I know my next step. And to me that like, that's everything. So I feel like they have the next step and also the, the courage and excitement to go do it. Absolutely. And I would just encourage anyone who's listening to pick up a copy of Bailey's book together is a beautiful place because she has just great, great chapters in here that will give you the practical advice that we've been talking about. And that really (laughs) will build your confidence. Well, Bailey, how can people find out more information about you and your book? Yes. So you can find a lot of friendship resources at baileytherley.com. 
Um, and then if you're interested in the daily conversation, which I really enjoy, um, I live my like kind of business personal life on Instagram and it's bailey.t.hurley. So that's where we can have kind of that daily conversation. Wonderful. Well, before we go, I want to ask you some of our favorite Bible study tool questions. Mm -hmm. What Bible do you use and which translation is it? Yes, I use the ESV study Bible. Excellent. I love that (laughs) one. I have that one. How about do you have any favorite journaling supplies that you like to use to enhance your Bible study experience? Yes, I love the Daily Grace Co's Bible Highlighters. They do a couple of sales a year. And so they will like sell them for $5 and I buy 20 sets to pass out to all of my friends. (laughs) I love these Bible highlighters because if you have ever been underlining in your Bible and like regular highlighters, pens, like they bleed through and it makes me so sad. These ones come in a plethora of colors. So that's number one. So fun to have colors, but they don't bleed through. So that is just it. They're just the best. Awesome. We will put a link to those in our show notes. Finally, Bailey, what is your favorite app or website for Bible study tools? Yes. Um, I really like the She Reads Truth app. That's like when I'm on the go, that's typically the Bible that I'm pulling up and they have devotional plans right there for you, which is really great. For those of you who love like kind of extra study, I do use the Blue Letter Bible and that supplies just a wide variety of different tools, whether you're looking at original translations or you're looking for commentary on a specific Bible verse from multiple different, you know, theologians. Um, it really has a lot. So that's a great one. If you're really looking into word studies, um, historical contexts, uh, things like that. Absolutely. That is an awesome, awesome website. All right, Bailey. Well, thank you so much for being here today to help us with this important task of getting and maintaining good, healthy friendships. Thank you. And for our listeners, pick up a copy of Bailey's book, Together is a Beautiful Place. You can find the link in our show notes. And also be sure to head over to our blog where you can share your comments with us on this podcast. And lastly, head over to the Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. We also have two new courses available on how to pray using our prayer journal and prayer binder. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We love you all. Have a blessed day.